Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice podcast. It's so great to be with you. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist, author, and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. Our heartfelt chat is about what matters most in our life, our mind, our thoughts, our feelings, actions, relationships, and our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. For all of you beautiful souls who have been asking me about what we do, um, the latest things we do, first of all, I want to tell all of the coaches and psychotherapists um, who are interested in uh, being um, certified in the awareness integration theory that the first course of it, Essential Awareness Integration Theory, which is the first course through the process of certification, it's coming up February 10th to 12th. It's uh, 20 hours of online um, in three days. And um, the uh, early bird is January 20th. So check that out on my website and you know check it out on my social media. We'd love to have you um, um, send me a notification in either fujanzain.com, I'm sorry, fujanzain at gmail.com or awarenessintegration um, at gmail.com. I really want to share with you who are a therapist or a coach. Our app is launching Fujan app, which we do really need a lot of certified therapists and coaches who are proficient in the awareness integration theory. Since a lot of people who are going to be on the app, um, they are going to also need some great work um, with a deeper work as they are going through this uh, journey. Now, again, for the uh, therapists and coaches who want to get the book, Awareness Integration Theory, Clear the Past, Create a New Future, and Live a Fulfilled Life, now uh, this book is also available for you in any of the social media or Amazon or my website. Um, which you can get that is, uh, was forwarded by Jeffrey Zeig. There's just um, amazing um, chapters about what the principles are and how you could use them and um, what you could get uh, specific skills and interventions that you're going to get to work with your clients. In this episode, I'm excited to chat with Stephen Washington. He is the author of Recovering You soul care and mindful movement for overcoming addiction. As a former professional dancer who performed on Broadway in Disney's The Lion King, his love of movement inspired him to become a highly acclaimed Qigong and Pilates teacher that he is today. Stephen lives a joyful life of recovery and is passionate about helping others as they navigate towards health and happiness. He offers Qigong and Pilates, dance, meditation, laughter, and more through his website, um, stephenwashingtonexperience.com. We have a great conversation together um, about how to bring the movement, how the movement works, how Qigong works, and um, just how to take care of yourself, which all of us need all the time, and some of us need most of the time. And it's so beautiful to not only be able to do this with the, some of the exercises that he has in the book, um, to take care of yourself on your mind or be a part of a bigger community where you can do that with others. Subscribe to my podcast, my YouTube channel, connect with me through my website, fujanzang.com 
for any of the social media. Um, if you like working um, just on your own with the self help book, then um, get my book Life Reset, uh, which is uh, goes through the construct of the awareness integration path and teaches you how to create uh, an amazing life for yourself. This book has been taught and has been, I'm teaching it in Cal State Long Beach and we're creating astonishing results even with uh, students that are just working without any coaches or a therapist. Um, so you could work deeper with a coach or a therapist, but you could definitely do this as a self-help, whether through the um, app, Fujian app or the book. Um, and uh, I wanna hear from you. I want to know how you are, how you work, what is it you want to hear, and I can bring the um, experts to share with you all that they know. Just remember, I love hearing from you. So without further ado, here is Stephen Washington. Hello, Stephen Washington. It is so nice to have you with us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Lovely to meet you and to be in your energy. Thank you. I love this book, Recovering You, Soul Care and Mindful Movement for Overcoming Addiction. So share with me about you, about your, um, you've talked about in your book about trauma, about recovery from um, alcohol and um, and drugs. And then uh, because of your profession, it seems like you kind of brought what made you in your profession and kind of combined those selves with the other side of you who was kind of trying to numb itself. Um, and I think most of us do that um, mm. one way or another. And um, so share with us what got you into a zone of needing to be separated and then what brought the epiphany of connecting to yourself and how come in this path? Mm, beautiful question. Thank you so much for asking it. Yeah, you know, like you just mentioned, for me early on in my life, uh, because of trauma, it was uh, I responded to life in a certain way. And needing to check out, needing to numb myself, needing to escape. And so I use drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and other things to do that and disconnect from that true essence of who I am, who Stephen is. And I did that for as long as I could until that didn't work for me anymore. And then finally, I found my way to addiction recovery. And through that process of starting recovery some 20 years ago, I was able to really dig deep into some of the causes and conditions of, um, of my addiction and also start to chart a new path to a life that was more life affirming and life enhancing and uh, healthier and healing. And through that journey, it led me to so many different practices and tools, uh, one of which is uh, the cornerstone of my book, uh, Qigong. I learned Qigong when I was in Chinese medicine school, and I was about 10 years sober at that time. And 
it was a revelation because that time was probably one of the most stressful periods of my, my life, certainly of my recovery. And I was so overwhelmed at that time. I didn't know if I was going to be able to stay sober. I didn't know if I was going to be able to stay sane for that matter. And there was something about the practice of Qigong that helped to um, ground me through that process. It helped me to really become more present in the moment. I was so triggered by the experience. I was flashing back to the past, had a lot of fear and guilt and shame uh, that I was working through and worry. And the practice truly brought me to the present moment. And it gave me a sense of, a sense of acceptance of my life as it was and the ability to zoom out and to look at the bigger picture of what was going on and that the experience was actually happening for me and not against me. And, and I knew from that moment, I was going to be able to use it for the rest of my life and that it was going to help me with my sobriety. And I knew that I'd be able to share with others and help them along their recovery journey, no matter where they are on that path. You say in your book, when I was in active addiction, the only way that I knew how to manage or calibrate my energy was to either numb myself if I was feeling too much or go into an opposite direction if I wanted to feel more, adding a little something to take me to that next level, alcohol, drugs, and cigarettes were my solutions to every problem. That was my energy work back then. But looking back now, I realized that, hey, dancing was also a form of energy work. And that's what you've done. You've been a dancer uh, most of your life. Now, the dancing was there already. And then you added the movement of Qigong to it. Or is it, and what was about dancing that you also disconnected from yourself, even when you were dancing? So what were the relationship between you and your body then, and then reconnected somehow with your body and movement uh, later on? Well, I came out of my mother's womb dancing, I have to say. <laughs> dancing was my refuge. I used to dance around the living room mm -hmm. in our apartment in Connecticut, and it helped to transport me, and it made me feel safe within my body and in the environment because it's a very chaotic household. There's a lot of addiction, a lot of trauma um, playing out in that environment. So dance was my refuge and it just made me feel good. And it's one of those things that it made me feel good. I didn't know why it made me feel good. I wasn't even conscious of exactly what it was doing for me. I was just drawn to it. And, and so I think over the years, whether I was dancing in my living room or dancing in a, in a dance studio or on a Broadway stage, just having that ability to express myself in that way and also to express myself in community, which I think is a very healing thing to do. We are very um, tribal beings. And so to be able to be creative and expressive in a communal sense is incredibly healing and it does so much for us. Uh, and I also think that there, it has its limits as well. So even though I was participating in those ways with movement and with my body, uh, it wasn't enough to stave off this deep 
wound that I had, this hole that I was trying to fill within myself. Now, what happened for me when I found Qigong was interesting because the practice of Qigong, like other practices, even yoga, for instance, there's a different intention behind it. There's a coordination of movement and breath, which has an incredible ability to self to regulate us, our nervous system. But also with Qigong, there is the, the part of it that's really key is this guiding and directing of our energy with our mind and our consciousness. And so one of the things that's uh, very useful and powerful in the practice of Qigong is that we're able to focus the energy in our body in a certain way, knowing that the organs in the body correspond with certain emotions. And so a lot of it has to do with intent. And I think that's a big different, big contrast between the, uh, the energy work I was doing when I was a kid and didn't know that's what I was doing. And even early in my career to where I am now with movement and what's really beautiful about it is I can now go and dance. I can do other movement practices, even just walking down the street and shift my focus and intention about it and change the, the effect of what it is that I'm doing. Um, and the effect of what it is you're doing with yourself or also in relation to others, like you're shifting your mood, your way of being by having a different intention. And then that also manifests itself, obviously, in to the relational aspect with others. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I think one of the things that I think one of the things that is true about us as people, as human beings, is that in order for us to have really connected relationships with other people, it all starts within the self. Mm -hmm. It all starts within the self. And it's, it's difficult to have positive relationships with others if one doesn't have a positive relationship with oneself, mm -hmm. a level of acceptance, a level of self-love and care and understanding and compassion and kindness. Mm -hmm. So that's the work that I do within myself in my own personal practices. And it definitely radiates out into the world. So I don't see a, I don't see a separation. Yeah. It's all connected. Yeah. You actually, um, in your book, talk about hand, feet and uh, hand, foot and ear massage. And I was like, ear, oh, mm -hmm. that's <laughs> interesting. And then, um, you know, you show all of the end points of the organs and the meridians in the hand and then the feet and then the ear, um, where the, by massaging them, you're clean, cleaning, cleansing and connecting. So can you share a little bit about that? Yes. So in Chinese medicine, there is this principle that we can affect the entire body and all the um, organs and all the different parts of the body, because from the organs are meridian lines that run through the body, just by tending to the hands and the feet, as well as the ears. And that there are specific points in those areas of the body that affect the entire body. And so 
massaging the hands have an incredible ability or massaging the feet or the ears has the incredible ability to change how we feel, to relieve tension, to relieve pain, to help us self-soothe and self-regulate and bring us into the present moment. It's a very big part of my own personal self-care practice. I don't go a day without massaging my feet. It's one of the things that I do at night that helps me to uh, unwind and also prepare for a restful night's sleep because I'm a person that tends to uh, run anxious energy. It's a way for me to ground myself. And that's one of the things that's great about all the foot massage work because there, there's one particular acupressure point on the sole of your foot. It's the beginning of the kidney meridian. And that point is a grounding point. It helps us to ground our energy and also to get out of the head and get more into the body. So I just felt as though that was a practice to share with others because it's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly simple and accessible for each and every one of us. Even if you're not a massage therapist or a reflexologist or acupuncturist, we all have the ability to help ourselves in that way. Recovering you, uh, Soul Care and Mindful Movement for Overcoming Addiction by Stephen Washington. Um, you also talk about different types of movement in your book, which is very interesting. You've talked about um, different even emotions, let's say, like um, avoiding um, conflicts and hiding and then shame. Um, and um, there's there's like mindful movement that you sh uh, you attach. Um, not only you do like a cognitive exploration, but then after that, you look at the different types of movement and emotional, and, and I'm sorry, the um, the breath work that shows up with that movement to kind of like release and um, and shift, like you said, the intention and the energy that happened. Um, how are you um, kind of combining this particular movement to this particular let's say, thought process, belief process, or an emotion? Mm, very beautiful question. Thank you. My intention with the book and the way that movement uh, informs the book and supports the work of the book was to add it in key places, particularly at the end of chapters, to help people to integrate the teachings of the chapter. I think that from the beginning of each chapter where I, I explore a particular topic, like you mentioned shame, I explore shame and, and I give some, some history of it in terms of just the historical context of how shame plays a part in all of our lives and that it's something that uh, we can pass down from one generation to the other. I also talk about how shame is like a linchpin with addiction. A lot of us feel a lot of shame. And when, it, when we're someone with addictive tendencies, it goes to, it takes it to a whole other level, just in terms of what that shame within us causes us to do, and that it just becomes this never ending cycle. I share my own experience with it. I also talk to dear friends, uh, my dear friend Keith, about his experience with shame. And then I take people through um, certain exercises, different practices that they can do in the moment to help shift their 
their idea about shame, also explore the shame that they feel within themselves and give them practical uh, advice as to how to deal with it, and then give them some questions so that they can explore a bit more of the topic. And then we move on to movement, which allows them to get out of their head and then get into their heart and their body and explore whatever has come up for them in the process of reading this chapter, reliving some of their own past, some of their own experiences, facing things that might be difficult to face, finding support where they need support. Just, uh, I really wanted people when they read the book to, to get a sense that they're not alone with anything that they're dealing with. And, and the movement is just a way for us to move the energy because I, my own experience and also just through Chinese medicine, there's the physical body there's the emotional body, and then there's also the mind and the consciousness, and it's all energy, just different manifestations of energy. And sometimes energy becomes stuck and stagnant in the body. And when it does, it causes physical pain and tension, disease. But when it comes to the emotions, it can cause turbulent emotions, emotions that are kind of stuck and don't move. We have an inability to process them to navigate them with any sense of ease or grace. And that's the incredible power of this movement medicine. It allows us to move some of that energy and in some ways zoom out from our personal circumstances. Like I spoke about earlier with the time when I first discovered Chinese medicine and I was going through a really difficult time and a lot of turbulent emotions were coming up for me. And I was so in the moment that I couldn't see beyond it, but the Qigong gave me space, gave me breath so that I could see it from a different vantage point, which gave me the ability to work through that difficult emotion, uh, emotions in a very healthy way. So I didn't have to I didn't have to do anything self-destructive in order to be in the moment and work through that process. So it gives you a space where you could connect to yourself in a healthier way, where it stops you from the impulse of um, doing some destructive act at that moment. Absolutely. And it also, it also opens up, it clears the mind and also gives us space within the mind so that insight and intuition is able to, to come in and serve us. When we are in a fight, flight, or freeze state, it's hard to tap into the part of the brain that, has, that contains uh, logic and reason and, and, and our problem-solving skills. We're just in that animal part of the brain that's just trying to survive. So that's the most amazing thing about connecting to movement and breath is that we're able to regulate ourselves so that we can calm down just enough so that other processes can take place and help us to feel better in the moment and also find solutions. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the work that I uh, see in your book is also teaching you how to kind of like the unfreeze the stuck energy that are accumulated in different parts of your body 
and uh, creating um, some sort of pain, whether it's an emotional pain, it's a spiritual pain, it's um, you know physical pain, which then wants somebody to either uh, numb themselves and kind of like get out of their body um, or utilize something that gets them out of that state. And um, what you're doing is bringing back the person to who they are, their body and their own healing mechanism and calming them enough so that their intuitive selves tells them um, how that this ease is somehow also uh, like a signal, you know, like a signal that, that gives them some news or uh, tells them what their needs are that they're not attending to. And you're talking about that insight that shows up with that and then the intuitive self that creates that for them. And it's interesting because you're right, when we are in a flight or, or um, uh, fight mode, um, it's a very active space that we're trying to, you know, kind of like either run away or fight for our life in a sense. So, um, and then the freezing, we're just kind of like, you know, we go into this powerless state. But the calming of yourself is not powerless. It's a powerful um, space of also somehow sharing with your body that everything is safe at this point, but just let's let's go in. So mm -hmm. there isn't any specific action you need to do in order to survive. You just need to calm down and then your body will tell you how you need to live and not just about to survive. Beautiful point. And what comes to mind is in that calm state, that calm state holds a lot of potential. Yeah. Holds a lot of potential as to what is the next thing to do? What's the next thought? There's space in order for you to even consider those things, mm -hmm. which is hard to do when you are, uh, when you're in that fight or flight. So the movements that you've chosen that are uh, related to the topic, um, is this something that uh, you've earned and learned from Qigong or is it something you, based on your own experience, as you've worked with your inner um, dialogues and issues that have been there, that when you've done these movements, it had created this for you. So you've mm -hmm. kind of added these pieces together. What I try to do in the book is provide people with essentially a, a movement practice. Each chapter contains one exercise that's part of a, a larger practice. And uh, when you go to my website, stephenwashingtonexperience.com, and you go to the recovery section, there's a video that I've created that strings all the exercises together. So there's a, a bit of a warm up at the beginning, and then I take you through what's called the five element flow. In Chinese medicine, there's this connection between the five elements and the, and the body and the organ systems and different emotions that are associated with the organs. And I want to teach people this flow so that what it does is it gives the body energy and vitality, but also it also helps to um, circulate the emotional energy in the body and also helps to calm the mind. So I wanted this flow to be a part of the process because I know of its, its healing power and that there is a beautiful dance that's created when you do the flow. And saying that, letting people know that, it's also important for me to also say that each exercise in and of itself is an incredibly powerful experience as well. 
So you can use it in parts and pieces or combine it as a whole and still receive great benefit. But I, I strategically placed certain exercises with certain chapters to help people along their emotional journey that they're going to go through as they move through the chapter and the movement helps them to integrate all of that into their body, mind, and spirit. And you do have a studio that brings people together with these movements. Can you share a little bit about that? I do. I have an online community called the SWE Studio. It's my membership community where I create wellness content. I have over 300 plus videos that I have created where it's mostly centered around my Pilates Qigong fusion class. I'm also a Pilates teacher, but I also provide meditation as well as laughter medicine and dance classes. Uh, I really want to create a safe space for people to go to and connect to that allows them to deepen their self-care work. The book helps people to create more of a self-care practice for themselves if they don't already have one. But I try to guide people step-by-step step as to how to build one. And here are some ideas that you can use and pull from and put it in terms of creating a, a toolbox for yourself. And I think of SWE Studio as a continuation upon that. Yes, the book is centered around recovery and all this work is centered around recovery, but it's really applicable to everyone because there's something that we can all benefit from within the pages of the book, because at the, its core, it's about self-care, self-love and self-care. And we all need it. We all probably aren't getting enough of it. <laughs> and it's really important for us to do. Stephen, um, the path of recovery is, is an ongoing path. Um, one of the things about, I spoke, I was speaking with one of the psychiatrists and it's like, you know, um, Obviously, addiction is um, is a habitual construct, and I was saying I get that you know it is a, it is a habit, but most of other habits, although at the beginning it's hard to cut out, but when you cut it out, you don't go back to it. And addiction is one of those things that it keeps creeping up, um, and that's why after twenty years, thirty years of recovery, we still see people coming back, you know, coming back to it because something internally keeps creeping in. Um, in your own experience um, of recovery, and you've been, you know, in the recovery for many years, and you've uh, are doing active practices in taking care of yourselves. Um, what is it that you would use to, you would still do in um, dealing with a part of us as as uh, you know people who have gone through addiction or going through addiction, which I don't think you've ever gone and then it's done. Um, from the part that shows up and, and you know, attempts to hijack necessarily at one point, um, do you notice it? Does it show up for you? And how do you handle it? Well, like you said, addiction and recovery is a, it's a journey. It's really a lifelong process. It's always changing and, and unfolding. It's not, it's been, in my experience, it's not something that you, that you start and then all of a sudden you're, you're cured and you're done and that's it. And then you can just move on with life as if nothing had ever happened. It's something, I think of it as a garden. My recovery is a garden and I have to tend to that garden. I have to prune the, I have to prune the flowers. I have to water them. I, they need sunlight. Uh, they need care. And if I 
lack or if I if I cease to do any one of those things, my garden will die. So my recovery is much like that. There's so many things that I do to help me maintain my sobriety and more than just maintain my, my sobriety and my recovery to maintain it, but also to thrive within it, because we can also just sort of do the bare minimum and get, and get, um, and get the least amount from it. But the more that you do, the more that more energy that you give to it and more focus and time and care, the, the more you will uh, benefit from it. So for me, I still do 12-step recovery meetings. I still need that structure. I need, still need that community. I still need to hear from people who know exactly what it's like to um, walk the path that I've walked. Having that kind of connection and identification is really important. And also inspiration to see people who are further along on the recovery journey who have seem to navigate things in life that I have yet to navigate, but do it with a sense of grace and have been able to maintain their recovery through some really challenging times or even uh, times that are not so challenging, but more um, incredibly uh, abundant and prosperous because that in my history is a perfect excuse to, to, to pick up too. Like I said before, um, I used to, I used to use and numb out when I was feeling bad. And also I would do it when I was feeling great so I could feel even better. Mm -hmm. So I, it's important to have people who model that kind of um, recovery for me. And then you add all the practices that I offer in the book. They are all woven into my life in some way, shape or form um, to varying degrees each and every day. And so it's a constant experience of of tending to the garden trial and error in order for me to build the life that that I have today which I I, I love and I feel is uh I feel really blessed to have a second life I have a second life especially with the trauma I think that movement is one of the best things attending to your body it's uh, it's important because we store trauma in our body a lot so um because and due to most of the construct of addiction having to do with people who've had some sort of a trauma um in their life uh, that the movement um releases a lot of those uh, stuck um emotional memories that are you know within your cellular level and muscle level so the, all of those having the ability to be intentional in uh, in releasing those and even having catharsis having emotional releasing from all of those movement it's it's mm -hmm. very very valuable um in the work that you're doing so thank you oh, my um, pleasure thank you so much for mentioning that i just finished reading bessel van der kolk's yeah. um the body keeps the score which i'd heard about for years and what an incredible journey it was to read that and to also get so much confirmation from his work that the work that I've created is very much in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. Very much, yes. Yeah. Stephen, anything we haven't said that you really want everybody to know? Uh, hmm. I get a, I, I want to remind people that whatever they're struggling with, they're not alone with their struggles. 
I want people to know that. And, and also a belief that they're worthy of a life of recovery. Right. And also that I hope that people know that through these practices and recovering you and what I offer in, in my membership community, that, that there are tools that they could use to help themselves create a life that's um, more conscious and joyous. Beautiful. Recovering You, Soul Care and Mindful Movement for Overcoming Addiction by Stephen Washington. Thank you, Stephen, for taking the time and being with us. Thank you so much, doctor. Where can people find you? StephenWashingtonExperience.com, as well as on YouTube, Stephen Washington Experience, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, TikTok. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank you. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye.